Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Hello there, it's Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert, and we are in the midst of discussing what an annual general meeting is all about. So this is going to be like a four-part session, and really, everyone, you've got to listen to all the parts, because the idea here is, is that when you walk away and you get yourself involved with condominiums and or your condominium owner, you're going to know about this information. You're going to know how important it is. So I talked about the registration process. I talked about uh, an, a number of things. Uh, your The whole reason of why you have annual general meetings and so on. So now the call to order. Basically, what will happen is the president of the board will call the meeting to order. Once they call the meeting to order, they will identify what the numbers are as far as attendance with attendance and or proxies. So in other words, if what is if, if 90 units are required to continue with the meeting, then the president will announce that we do have quorum, we have uh, 95, we're only requiring 90 to continue the meeting. Therefore, the annual general meeting it has been commenced. Okay, so now you're legitimate. Everything is running smoothly. Also, the president will sign off on that. That will be added to the minutes of the particular meeting, identifying it. Now, that is all part of call to order and determination of quorum. Okay, now your president generally is the chair. Okay, so the person that tends to chair the AGMs 90% of the time will be the president of the board of directors. Now, on occasion, I'm sure that there are property managers out there that might chair it. The regional manager of the property management firm that you're involved with, or maybe another representative of that particular company, may be in attendance. Basically, the chair will then introduce the parties at the table. And that would mean they would introduce the fellow board members. They'll introduce the auditor, which generally will also be in attendance so that they can read through the audited financial statements. They'll introduce the property manager, possibly a representative from the property management company, and the minute taker. And there's always special mention to be made that if you do have any questions when you stand up or put your hand up, or even if you're voting... And, you know, we have someone that needs to put a motion on the floor and someone needs to second the motion. All of that has to be put into the minutes. So if you are doing that, make sure loud and clear that you put your unit number first, you say your unit number first, and then you say your name. So that's your head table. The first plan of action is generally to approve the minutes of the annual general meeting that was held the past year, a year ago. Now, you would have received that in your package. Okay, so your package also includes the 
annual general meeting minutes of the previous year. So please take the time and review them. And if there's anything that you see there that doesn't seem to work because you really don't remember that happening, something's changed, you want reconfirmation, you don't approve, you want something re-identified, then put your hand up because don't allow the minutes of last year to be approved unless you feel that you're comfortable with what's written in. Because the minute that the approval goes up, they will ask whether or not, uh, you know, will some, somebody put the motion on the, on the floor to approve the minutes? Any discussion? At the time that there's any discussion, there'll be a second on the motion, but then there's discussion. So now the discussion is the time to put your concerns forward and or your questions. The other thing is, is take a look in that to see whether or not there were any commitments made by the board. Okay, so in other words, if the board committed that they were going to add in two new elliptical elliptical machines into your gym, or maybe treadmills, or they were going to arrange for new pottery, or, you know, something that is visible to you, because it's hard for you to know, you know, whether or not these things have been done or not done. So if you know that something hasn't been done, but you see that they're listed in the annual general meeting uh, minutes, then you're going to have to find out why wasn't it done. Also, if commitments have been made with respect to energy retrofitting and so on, and you've never been informed during the course of the year whether it has been completed or not, but it's showing up in these minutes, then you really need to point out that has this been done? Why weren't we notified? And, you know, and, and I guess the other thing would be too, is remember that whatever is in the annual general meetings, as far as a cost factor, that cost should be showing up in your, your budget. So in other words, if they did agree that they were going to go out and do two new treadmills, then you should see that two new treadmills has been put into the audited statements as an expenditure. So generally the, the minutes of last year's meeting will, you know, get a highlighter, stroke it out and see where certain things are are in there that you want to make sure that it has been done. That will give you the first open door to know whether or not the board of directors is following their commitment to you. If they've made promises there, and it's really hard to remember, it's a whole year later, and you didn't make, take notes. I mean, most people don't do that. But you do have the paperwork in front of you at least a week to a week and a half before the meeting comes about. So compare what the minutes of the annual general meeting say and just take a look at your budget and or isolate different things that came up in the discussion. Maybe there's no cost factor to it, but maybe there were some promises. Make sure you uh, make note of those. So that would be the time to put it on the floor prior to the approval going down. Because once the approval is done, then it's going to be hard to reopen the minutes of the annual general meeting. It'll be seconded, it'll be approved, and on to the next thing, which tends to be your auditor's report. So at that moment, the chairperson of the annual general meeting will turn over the floor to your auditor or a representative of your auditor's firm. And the auditor, now I'm going to tell you, my experience has been that auditors tend to rush through things fairly quickly. And I have to tell you, it is difficult to get them to slow down. They're there only there for the auditor's report. And once they finish the report, they literally pick up their briefcases and uh, 
thank you and then they're out the door. So, so, you know, so time is, uh, time is important to them because they don't want to stay around for the entire annual general meeting. But if they're going through things really quickly and you're finding trouble staying flow with it, just look around the room and see if you see people that look as confused as you are. And at any given time, you can say, could you, excuse me, could you please slow it down? You know, I can't, I can't follow you or where are you now? What page are you on? You know, because generally an auditor should identify what page they're on and at least identify the topic that they're in line with. Because, you know, this is something you don't look at unless you're a, a bookkeeper or a, uh, or a, uh, an accountant or somebody that's savvy in the, you know, financial business world of, of finances. You know, sometimes it is hard for some people to follow and, and don't feel ashamed because honestly, guaranteed either somebody in front of you, behind you, beside you, two rows, three rows back, whatever, I will guarantee you there's people in the room that aren't saying anything, but they aren't following the figures. Okay. So I'm going to get back to the financials, but let's move forward with the agenda. So let's assume now that that auditor's report has been completed. Now there's two sets of auditor's reports that are embodied in one. And why do I say that? The builders nowadays, as you know, as all of you know, I am a registered real estate agent, have been for like, you know, over 30 years. Oh my God, (laughs) time runs fast. And you know, when, when you bought the property, you would have understood that you've either purchased a single condominium where you have your swimming pool and you have everything, you know, right in your own condo, which is your common elements, your common amenities. So that could be your boardroom, your swimming pool, you know, your lobby, your conference center, your cyber lounge, uh, your spa, your hot tub, your, you know, any of these type of features, your outdoor patios, whatever. Okay. However, nowadays the builders to save costs for condo owners, what they're doing is they're not just building phase one. They're building a phase one and a phase two and a phase three and a phase four and so on. Now, all of these phases, so if there is two buildings or three buildings or four buildings, whatever it is, there's another aspect to your financials, which is called shared facilities. Because don't forget, you have two reports. One financial report is going to be for your building and the other financial report is going to be for shared facilities. Okay, and the shared facilities is all of the areas that are included that are shared between you and the other buildings. But as I said, I'm going to get more involved. I just want to make sure that you know that on those financials, there could be two statements with respect to your corporation. Now, how does the auditor get their job? Okay, this is an interesting one because, you know, the condo lawyer of the corporation is hired by the board of directors. And however, the auditor is actually appointed by the owners. So the contract that the auditor has can only go through if the, that particular auditor's firm is appointed at the AGM. So what will happen at that stage is, is that the chairperson will say, okay, that the uh, financial statements have been approved, seconded, motion passed, and so on. But at that point, they will say that we would like to appoint the auditor company, ABC Auditors, for the year ending for this 
whole new year coming up and the motion will be put on the floor and we will be at, and the chair will be asking for someone to put the motion, second the motion, discussions, none, and then it's passed. So that means that now that auditor maintains their position as the auditor and the contract as the auditor continues with that condo corporation. Now, I have to tell you, with all the annual general meetings that I've ever been at, I don't think most people even know that the reasons behind that. And I really haven't seen too many auditors, if the board of directors are are suggesting that that auditor's firm be reappointed for this coming year. You know, generally, I, I think there's a, a huge trust factor there so that the um, the people in attendance, because those are the only ones that are voting for the appointment of the auditor, I really find it hard to believe that somebody would step forward and say, no, we're not agreeing with that person. The auditor really just goes by the financial information that they're receiving. And that's where I'm going to get into all financial statements and so on. Okay, and I'll elaborate on that on step three. Now, the president's report comes into stage now. Okay, and the president's report will be very similar to, hopefully, if the president took the time to write up that first letter that I mentioned that was included in the package. But if they haven't, then what they might just do is throw out point by point. In other words, this is what we did. Uh, this has been completed and that's been completed. If there's anything that's happening in the area, you know, sometimes, like I know I do that, but again, it's because, you know, of my real estate background that I'm able to talk about, you know, the different types of developments and how the market is being affected and where the value of the building is and those type of things. And I actually do give that out because that's information that owners really want to know. I mean, they want to know that the building is being well cared for, that everything's being done, but they'd also like to know that they're maintaining equity. And the other thing is, is that especially because there's so many condo buildings being built now, it's like insane. Oh man. Every time you turn around, you see another crane in the sky. So they also kind of want to know a little bit about what's going on in the community. So, you know, generally the president's report should you know, could be quite not as extensive as it should be. It really depends on who the president of your board is and, and how adverse they are to, you know, what's going on in the community. And and it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you live in the building and you're the president of the board that you're going to be any better than an off-site owner who's the president of the board. Okay, um, you know, because it really depends on your career and your, your knowledge and, and so on. It's not... It doesn't dictate whether or not you live there. So, so anyway, so the, and or if you're the president of the board, but you don't even own a unit in the building, period, or and or maybe you're not even a condo owner, okay? Because technically speaking, anybody out there, you have to be 18 years and over, you have to be of sane mind, and you can't be undischarged bankruptcy. And then you qualify to be on the board of directors of any condominium building. Now, how did the, I'm going to sway a bit, how did the president get their position? Well, what happens is, is that immediately after an annual general meeting, once the elections take place and you've got the new board for the upcoming year, two years, well, upcoming year, all of the board members will have a meeting where they will discuss positions. 
So think about it, okay? So if someone puts their name in that they want to be the president of the board, well, that's fine and dandy, but they will have to have majority vote of the board to be the president and or the secretary, the treasurer, the vice president, and so on. Otherwise, you remain as a director. So the positions of a condo board, whether it be the president, the vice president, the treasurer, the secretary, or a director is coming from an internal vote within your board of directors. That's where it's coming from. Now, if somebody has been the board president and they've been the board president for a number of years, it tends to flow that way only because most likely that president knows more of what's going on. Uh, because they've remained in that position for such a long time. And new board members, especially and particularly ones that have just been voted in, they're not going to jump in and say, hey, I want to be a president. Okay, but you know, it really depends on what's going on with your board. But the decision of that position, the president, the vice president, the treasurer, the director, the secretary, is not a decision of the owners. It's an internal decision of the board, just so that you know that. Okay. So if you're upset with your president or any one of those positions, then you have to understand that it was their fellow board member that voted them into the positions in the first place. Now, the election process. Okay. You know, the, the annual general meeting package, it contained a number of things. Everything that we're going through on this agenda is what the package included. So this package would have included the bios of the people that are interested in standing for election. And, you know, it'll give a bio of them. Uh, it'll explain, you know, what type of career they have. Uh, I, some people like to put in there whether they live there in the building, what their mission is, why they want to be a board member. Um, so basically, it'll give you a little bit of an overview of the candidate. Now, you know, there's an interesting thing here because, you see, if somebody puts their name in and they're a candidate to be on the board of directors of a condo building and you haven't voted by proxy and you're in attendance at the AGM, I don't know, unless that candidate really has a fantastic reason why they're not there, I really am always really shocked because sometimes people get elected they're electing candidates that haven't even as much as turned up at the AGM. Now, granted, you know, things happen. Maybe they got delayed. Maybe they're out of the country. Maybe they're on business. You know, whatever the case may be. But surely the candidate can then even have a representative to speak on their behalf. But if that candidate hasn't even gone that far to even have somebody represent their interest at the AGM, I really caution you to vote for that particular candidate. Because, I mean, that's a horrible start. <laughs> it really is. I mean, it, it's almost like a, you know, an invisible candidate who's put their name up now. So, you know, hey, vote for me, guys. I'm great. I'm fantastic. Look what I've taken a minute to write on this piece of paper of how great I am. And I'm expecting you to vote for me. Because really, uh, you know, it's uh, that type of thing is, is I've never seen it to be a good decision. Generally speaking, a candidate that just throws their name in there and doesn't even attend anything will continue that action as time goes on. And I hate to say it, but that candidate could typically be another arm of one of your other board members who really wants to have two votes and not one. 
Okay, because that candidate is there in name and will literally only, if they get elected, that is. And once they get elected, they carry one vote. So if they're really tight with another board member and that other board member wants to have more of a powerful position because they want to have two two votes in their hands and know that that, uh, that uh, one board member who never really shows up but does have an opportunity to vote on things, you know, it's very dangerous. So what you've done is you've put, you've put two. Now, if, if you're a directorship, if you've only got three people on a board in the first place, now automatically, bang, those two votes will carry a majority vote on any decision in your building. You see, and, and that third person could be a fantastic person at every meeting, conscientious on top of things, just uh, showing fabulous representation of your condo corporation. But you know what? Everything they do means absolutely nothing because a majority vote is always going to come from the one board member with their possible friend who never shows up to anything but does have that one vote. So I do caution you on that. So every candidate gets an opportunity to, you know, have maybe one minute, two minute or three minute speech to identify who they are and what they're all about. So at least you can get a little bit of a view of who you're voting for. Now, if you've sent in a proxy, of course, you don't get that. You only have to go with whatever's written. So, you know, at least that way you have a little bit of insight of whether or not you'd feel that that would be a strong candidate for you to vote for. Because remember, whoever you're voting for will be on your board for the next three years making decisions of your condo corporation. That's, that's vital. That is absolutely vital. And you want to make sure you're making the right decision, or at least you were a party to the decision. Because what if, what if the vote was such that it was only one vote that put someone in instead of, say, you know, a person that wouldn't have done as good of a job as compared to someone who could have done a fantastic job and that other person lost by only that one vote. Think about that. It's Linda Pinizzato with the Condo Expert. I'm talking about annual general meetings and I want to give you a total overview. So we're going to get into part three. You hang tight. You're listening again at the Hayes FM. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday, 647-977-7113, itmayday.com. And thank you so much for joining me. You know, today has been just a fascinating time of learning so much of what's going on out there. And that's what the condo expert is all about. I'll hit so many different issues. You'll notice them on iTunes and on podcast. Reporting here from the Hayes FN, you have been listening to Linda Pinizzato of the condo expert. Now, also remember, register yourself. If you're a condo owner or a condo buyer, register at www.coaontario.com. And also, if you've got questions, whether they're real estate related or condominium or property values, this and that, you know, I wouldn't have the uh, information I have had I not had the experience that I've received. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to start the Condo Owners Association without having this kind of a background. So contact me at Linda. Pinizzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O at C-O-A-Ontario.com or Linda 
at lindapanizato.com. Until the next time, have a fantastic day and thank you so much for tuning in. Linda Pinizzato guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373 or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. Get up, stand up. 